right, so this week we are continuing a series called Higher. Uh, we started a series a couple weeks ago on the book of Colossians, and we are walking through the book of Colossians and just unpacking what, the, what God is uh, teaching us through Paul, and he wrote to the um, people of Colossae. And um, so this, this uh, sermon today, we're actually going to be addressing what is known as the supremacy of Christ, the supremacy of Christ. Now, we don't really talk about supremacy a whole lot. When we think about uh, the supremacy of Christ, like that word isn't used in our culture a whole lot. Like supreme, supremacy, we don't use it a whole lot. <laughs> we do have a couple of places that, as I was thinking this week, I was thinking, you know, where do we see this used? Now, if you were to, um, you know, go order a pizza, you might be able to order a supreme pizza, right? Or you go into Taco Bell, you might ask for a Taco Supreme. Or if any, uh, any Star Wars fans here, okay, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan myself, um, but there is a leader in there, and he is known as the Supreme Leader um, in Star Wars. Um, and I was thinking about this um, recently, too, as, as I was thinking about just the government and things like that. We have a Supreme Court, a Supreme Court. You know, we have different ways of, in our culture we refer to supreme. But really, it's not ultimately supreme. The only ultimate uh, supreme, the supremacy, is found in Jesus Christ. Or at least He should be in our life. But many in our world, and even probably in this church, Jesus isn't your ultimate supreme. And by supreme, whenever you really think about that, what supreme is, supreme is the authority of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has ultimate authority over heaven and on earth. And he unpacks this, Paul unpacks this through, for the, the church in Colossae. See, what was going on in Colossae and in Rome is, you know, there was a lot of different teachings that was going on during that time period. And so Paul is addressing what we would probably uh, consider agnosticism, right, today. And um, he's, there's all different kinds of thoughts and thought patterns that was going on in, in this region. And he's addressing this. And he goes and he unpacks who Christ really is. And that's why I really think that this is a very important letter from Paul. Because he really goes and there's a lot of, a lot of uh, theology here. Um, a lot of understanding of what Jesus Christ is. Is And so we'll, we'll start off, and we're, we're in verse 15. You heard it read. Um, I love to kind of change it up some uh, through the video. Um, this word was, at one point in time, we didn't have this. We didn't have the Bible in, on hand. We didn't have where every person individually had a Bible in their home and, and being able to read it on a personal level. They would actually go, and it would be read in public. And um, so you would listen to the Word of God. Um, being read a lot of times and so um, you know as we go we're going to go verse by verse uh, through this and so verse 15 he is the image of the invisible God and I'll stop there so Jesus Christ is the image if you're taking notes this morning just take that Jesus is the image many people want to know God right you you probably have like I want to know more about God you want to know more about God? 
then you look at Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus because Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Jesus, we read about in John, uh, the Gospel of John, that Jesus came down. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The, the invisible God came down through His Son. right? And we know the end of the story. That He died for us. And He was raised to life. And we have eternal life found in Him. And so Jesus Christ, if you're looking for the perfect display of God, then it is found in Jesus Christ, and really Jesus Christ alone. There is no perfect display that is bigger than the display of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Like we are made in the image of God. Like every person, like look and t- tell the neighbor that's sitting next to you, you are the image of God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But you can go to the creation story. And it talks about every person was made in the image of God. Now, we're not necessarily perfect. Because we're flawed. We're broken. We are prone to depravity. But Jesus Christ wasn't. Jesus Christ was the perfect display of the invisible God. He came, he put on flesh. Going on, he says that he is the firstborn of all creation. Now, we don't use firstborn language a lot um, in our day-to-day, you know, and a lot of people think, okay, when you read this, and uh, many different beliefs have, have went and went way astray from this, okay? And so what I want you to be clear on, Paul is not saying that Jesus was created. Right? Paul is not saying that Jesus was created. A lot of times you, you can read that, and if you don't really understand what the firstborn language is used here, you can say, okay, well, Jesus was the firstborn son of God. That is not what it's saying here. Okay, like I said, we are talking about supremacy of Christ, and so we are talking about the authority of Christ, and Paul is talking about the authority of Christ. And so here, the firstborn language that you read all throughout the Old Testament on into the New is about position. It's about status. It's about authority. And so Jesus here is the authority. He is the authority over all creation. And we see in verse uh, 16 that all things were made through him and for him. You see, if you go and you track down firstborn, and it's used in the Septuagint like 130 different times, it's almost always used to describe status and power. And so Jesus is the ultimate authority. And he is the firstborn, meaning he is the first in power. He is authority over all. If you go and you follow this, you can... You know, we're familiar probably with Israel. Exodus 4, uh, verse 22 says, Israel is called my beloved firstborn son. My beloved firstborn son. We're talking about Israel here. Now, was Israel the firstborn? No. If you go and you track it, Israel was not the firstborn. You know, there was ones before him. You know, it was before Israel. 
And so it's talking about status. It's talking about position. It's talking about authority here. And Jesus is that as well. Jesus is the firstborn, the, not the first thing created. The point is, is that Jesus is over all things. He is the ultimate authority because he is the perfect display of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the creator. In verse 16, we've already referenced that, that he is the creator of all things. All things were created through him and for him. You know, if you think about the stars, I mean, a lot of, I'm not sure if you are into stars. Um, I'm fascinated by, by stars. Um, on a perfect night, you know, night sky, clear night, you can see all kinds of display of the stars, and it's beautiful. Um, I remember watching the moon, and the moon's changing, and just the uh, beautiful moons that we've uh, had, especially over the past year. Um, I've seen meteor showers, and just beautiful things in the sky. And it makes me think of how small I am whenever I look up and see those, those stars. But we live in a uh, the Milky, Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy is made up of hundreds of billions of stars. And we are just one galaxy of many galaxies. But see, what other things that fascinate me too, as you look up at the, the sky, is we really don't think about this a whole lot. But you got out of your car, and chances are you, this morning you were meeted, meet with the sun. You know, the, the sun uh, probably was a little hot this morning. Hey, just to let you know, we're getting a cold front this, morning, this week, so it's going to be, be a little chilly. Y'all might actually need some, uh, some long sleeve shirts um, this, this week. But if you think about the sun, the sun warms us. But, but God created the sun. God created those stars. And the fact is, is if we move any further away from the sun, what would happen? We would freeze. We would freeze to death. And if we moved any closer to the sun, if earth moved any closer to the sun, we would do what? We would bake. We would burn up. But God, Jesus, perfectly designed the world, perfectly designed the heavens, the skies, everything in it to function a certain way. And so... You know, if you think about it, you know, even all the way down to, you know, we exhale. What do we exhale? Carbon. Exactly. What do we inhale? Oxygen. What's fascinating, you go out to the trees, you don't realize this because you don't think about this a lot. It's opposite. They give off oxygen. Right? It's opposite. You know, those types, small, even the smallest things to the biggest things, God created, Jesus Christ created. All things were created by Jesus and through Jesus. And so for us, you know, our small selves, like I said, you know, as I think about those, the grand, you know, scheme of how big the creation is, I'm thinking about my, my own self. You know, I'm spinning around here every day. You know, and I'm asking a lot of questions. I know many of you probably have asked questions. There's people asking questions uh, every day. We're trying to figure out this life. And the reality is, we don't have it all figured out. We don't. 
I'm a pastor here, and I am going to stand before you and say, I don't have everything figured out. I'm 34 years old. You know, I, I haven't been around, you know, this earth a whole long, long time. But whenever I even turn 60, or even into 80s, I will probably stand before you as well and say, I don't have it all figured out. The fact is, we never fully will, because we're not all-knowing. But we serve a God who created everything. And so many of us have questions, common questions like, do I matter? Why am I here? Those are questions that I hear, especially when I was a youth pastor many years ago. Those were questions that the youth were asking me. Do I matter? Why am I here? Now, many of you are in older ages. Maybe you're in your 80s, pushing 90s. Maybe you're also still asking that question. Do I matter? Why am I here? The beautiful thing is, is that we have the answers. The answers found in Jesus Christ. It's in the Word, the Holy Word. For Jesus Christ was the Word. He was there in the beginning. If you turn to Psalm 139, verse 13, you will actually see that you matter because He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Jesus Christ cares about you, and you matter to Him. You might be asking, why am I here? The answer is already there. Actually, it's all the way there at the very beginning. Why am I here? Genesis 1.26 says that. You were here for Him. You're here for Him. But yet, many of us, we don't think we matter. And many of us think that we're here for ourselves. That is not true. Colossians 1, verse 16 says, All things were created through Him and for Him. So if you're asking those questions, do I matter today? Yes, you do. If you're asking yourself, why am I here? What is my purpose? You go and you go to the bookstores. There is tons of books out there on discovering your purpose. And I'm not knocking the books itself, but the reality is, <laughs> it's here. <laughs> it's right here. The reality is, is a lot of people just don't like the answer. That you're here for him. That you're not here to glorify yourself, but you're here to glorify Him that created you. People don't like that answer. They want it for themselves. He is your Creator. Jesus is also our Sustainer. Verse 17 says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is our Sustainer. Jesus holds all things together. There are things that we don't know. And like I said, I stand before you and say, I don't know everything. And, you know, really, if you stand up and say that you know all things, then uh, there, there's some issues with you. You are still growing, still learning. I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. You're still growing. You're still learning. But Jesus knows all, and he holds everything together. Think about your body, my body. You know, I don't wake up in the morning. I don't wonder if I get up in the morning and get out of my bed and I wonder, 
I wonder if my foot's going to fall off today. Like, that's, that's ridiculous, right? Like, we don't think about that. Like, yeah, I'm going to get out and get out of the bed, and my foot is literally going to fall off. No, now, it might feel like it's going to fall off, right? I did say I'm 34, but if you look here, I'm having to get my hair cut really short right here because I'm trying to hide that gray. You know, it's starting to come in. A lot of times, you know, I talk about that. That's wisdom, but I've come to the realization that it's really five kids. It's okay. But, you know, we, we, we don't wake up in the morning and wonder if our foot's going to fall off because Jesus holds all things together. We don't think about those type things. To go on, continue on with that analogy of the body theme. You know, we can turn to science. There's this thing, you know, that's very fascinating about science sometimes that, you know, sometimes science can go too far, of course. But there's sometimes when science, you know, collides with the Word of God and it makes sense. And actually, at the very beginning, when science was starting to take shape, there were Christians, right? But like many in the field of the world, they go too far. They go off course. But it's fascinating when sometimes I find things in science. See, my, my uh, sister is a chemist. I'm not sure if I've shared that with you, but she went to High Point University with a degree in uh, biology, with a minor in chemistry. And so she's become a chemist and been a chemist for a long time now. And I've, I remember I was talking to her about biology. And I was like, what is something that we can uh, communicate truth with, right? And I started, she didn't really fully grasp it, you know, what I was kind of looking for. And I started to dig in and I came across something that was very fascinating. And this is an illustration, of course. And all illustrations will break down somewhere, okay? So, just go with me some, uh, with this. There is this thing in our body called lamin, laminin. Laminin, right? This is laminin. Under a microscope, this is what it looks like. Laminin is what is called a cell adhesive molecule. Any science majors here? Maybe not. I'm not very good with science. <laughs> but I looked up what this means. Basically, it holds all the human body cells together. This little molecule here is in your body. You can't see it, but under a microscope. But it holds all your cell structures together. Without it, it would be like your foot's falling off, right? <laughs> so basically, laminin is like the rebar of your human body. But what's most amazing to me is what you can see here. What does it look like? A cross. Go on and, and next slide. This is the scientific you know, diagram of this. It looks like a cross. You know, I don't think it's just coincidence that God wants to put the, his you know, image on us, right? And in us even. To show that Jesus Christ is holding it all together. Like Jesus is our sustainer. The cross of Jesus holds everything together. He is our relationship, our connection point with God. Without Him, we would be falling off. Without Him, the world would be in total chaos. He is the sustainer. Going on, Jesus Christ is the head 
of the body, the head of the church. Now, many of you might think, well, I didn't know I was the body. Jesus Christ uses analogies. He talks about different things throughout the gospel message. And one thing that we see and hear, even through Paul's teaching, is that Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and we are his body. He leads us. He supports us. He gives the church life. Christ is the head. If we did not have a head of our mortal bodies, what would happen? We wouldn't be able to function. But yet, a lot of times in church, we don't turn to Jesus and think, why in the world is the church going astray? Like, you aren't following the head. You're going and doing your own thing. Last week, I talked about, you know, we are the body of Christ, and, and some of us are a little numb. You know, and we talked, I talked about how, you know, you sit on your hand long enough, what's going to happen? It's going to grow numb. And some of us are body parts that need to get active, need to shake it up a little bit and say, okay, let's go, let's do something. Let's get active and share the message of Jesus Christ with other people. Go out and serve people in this community. But the reality is there's some people in the life of the church, in this church, in the big C church around the world, that you act like a butt. <laughs> if you really think about it, you're not active. It's a part of the body. <laughs> it's there. Stop acting like that. Stop acting like that. Get active. Stop being a division in the church. Jesus Christ is your head. Act like it. Paul says that Jesus is the firstborn among the dead. Once again, the firstborn is about status and authority. We've already discovered that he has authority over the church. He has authority over everything. He holds it together. He is the creator. He is over the heavens and the earth. He is under, over the seen and the unseen. But Jesus is referring here to Jesus' death and resurrection. Through his life, his death, his resurrection, he has authority over death. He has authority over creation. He has authority over the heavens. He has authority over the unseen realms, the powers, the authorities, the, the rulers, the principalities. He has authority over that. To go even further, he has authority over the dead because he is the firstborn of the dead. Because of his death and his resurrection, he has authority. He is preeminent. He is surpassing all. He is over all. There is no created order like we've talked about when it comes to Jesus. But we see that he is over all things and he has authority even over death. And so since Jesus has authority over death, he rules death, he, we have hope in Jesus Christ that we don't have to wake up from our death and experience the sting of death even. Scripture talks about that. Because of D Jesus' death and resurrection, we don't have to taste death. We can walk into life and we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. We have our hope. In Jesus Christ. We can turn to uh, Colossians 1 even. We've actually already read that a couple weeks ago. Verse 5 it says, 
the hope laid up for you in heaven. Jesus is our hope. He is our authority. He is our hope. And then lastly, Jesus is the reconciler. He is reconciling all things to himself. He is the peacemaker. Not our government. Not the president. Jesus is the peacemaker. Jesus is the reconciler. Jesus is the ultimate authority. Now we need to pray for our government. Absolutely. We need to pray for our president. And to be honest, I think our president needs a whole lot of prayer this week. If he can come into North Carolina, our territory, and use God's name in vain, he definitely needs our prayer. He needs our prayers. The government needs our prayers. But ultimately, they're not authority over us. Ultimate authority is Jesus Christ and his kingdom. The beautiful thing is, is that Jesus Christ isn't a Republican. The beautiful thing is, is that Jesus Christ isn't a Democrat. Jesus Christ is a Savior and our Lord. He's over all. He's over America. He's over all the nations of this world. He is our ultimate authority. Until we start acting like it, we're going to continue to be going and be misguided. Jesus is our authority. He is the reconciler. It was bought with a price, of course, making peace by the blood of his cross. In and through Jesus, we are brought into a right relationship with God. What once was described as wretched, pitiful, and condemned is now through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross is now considered holy, blameless, and above reproach. Jesus reigns supreme over all creation. All things were created through Him and for Him. He reigns over the seen and the unseen, the physical and the spiritual world. From the foundations of the world, He is authority over every created realm. By defeating death, Jesus rules over it. He has made a way for us to be reconciled through His bloodshed on the cross. His sacrifice solidified his, his supremeness for your salvation to even your works on this earth, to even your innermost thoughts. Jesus has authority over it all. You might not realize it, but he has ultimate authority. Actually, Paul goes on and he tells the church in Philippi that one day every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. And they will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody, those who already see him as Lord, to those who don't see him as Lord, will be forced to the ground on that day. May we realize that he has ultimate authority here and now. In your life, may we live under God's ultimate authority. May His rule change everything for us as we learn from last time that He is over the kingdom of light. If you have surrendered to Jesus Christ, if you have asked for forgiveness through His blood, then you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness 
the kingdom of condemnation to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of righteousness. And you don't have to taste death. You can taste life forevermore. For Jesus is authority over all. He's authority over this church. He has authority over each and every one of you as individual. He has authority over our government. He has authority over the principalities that we don't see that's at work. That Paul says that we don't uh, fight over flesh and blood, but we fight over the unseen realm. The, the uh, powers and authorities and rulers and the principalities, all those things, Jesus Christ even has authority over. Amen? He has power. He has authority. And so today, may we turn to Him for our ultimate authority. May we not go by the teaching of this world that says all kinds of things, that tries to teach you and lead you astray. May we not let the Satan speak in our ear and try to trick us and and say that you are designed for this and he tries to promise you this and that. May we look to Jesus Christ for our authority. God wants to be authority over you. He wants to be made supreme over you. Ultimately, He already does. It's not our decision. Our decision is if we are going to acknowledge it. If we are going to turn from our wicked ways and we're going to follow Him and His perfect ways. This morning, maybe the Lord is speaking to you. Maybe you're like, Dustin, you know what? Pastor, I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been following the things of this world. Ultimately, Jesus isn't ruling my life. I'm ruling it on my own. Ultimately, I'm in authority of my life. You're following the ways of the world. Turn. Seek Jesus. He says that he's at the door. He's knocking. If you answer, he will come in. He will dine with you. If you seek, you will find. If you ask, it will be given to you. Jesus is inviting you to be a part of a great story. Jesus is inviting you to be a part of a life that keeps on living, that is beautiful forever. If God is talking to you with every uh, head bowed and every eye closed, if, if God is talking to you and you're, you just want to raise your hand and say, God, I want you to be ultimate authority of my life. I just ask that you just simply raise your hand this morning. Amen. Amen. Your choice is just to follow Him. To turn to Him. And He will be made famous in your life. And He will make Himself the throne of your, your existence. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will not forsake you. He will be authority over your life. May we all turn to Him. God, we thank You so much, God, for all that You do in and through us, God. God, we thank You for giving us a, a hope and a purpose, God. God, we thank You for, for making us and designing us into Your image and Your likeness. God, help us as we are trying to grow in You, God. 
We are, we are flawed. We are not perfect. We are, we are broken. But God, you are perfect through your Son, and we thank you so much for sending him uh, to be the ultimate sacrifice for us, God. For all those that raised their hands this morning, God, I pray that you would be ultimate authority over their life, God, that they would start following you, God. They would turn to you as their Savior and also their Lord. God, that they would turn to you, God, for all direction, God. That they would turn away from their wicked ways and, and they would find their hope stored in you through life, Jesus. God, and we thank you so much, God, for what you're doing in and through this church, God. We thank you for Paul's teaching here of how he um, teaches the church. God, may we continue to learn from it. And may we continue to learn more and more about you, God. And how you have authority over all things, God. The seen and the unseen. God, may we start following you and give you authority over our thoughts, over our works, over our emotions, over our jobs, over our homes, over everything that we say, think, and do, God. And may everything be pleasing to you. And may it be a sweet aroma to you, God. A beautiful offering back to you because you are worthy of it. And we thank you so much for all that you do and you are continuing to do through the life of your church. Amen. Amen.